What's going on, guys? This is the Games Podcast, starring Roman and Antoine. Um, back at you with another one, episode 23. Um, some say this is going to be episode 23. Some say this is going to be uh, the Michael Jordan of episodes. So you tell me um, in the comments, maybe uh, after this video uh, comes out. Um, I think Blake yeah. would say, uh, what's my name again? <laughs> Who's my Asian friend? <laughs> <laughs> oh, gosh. But but awesome, guys. Well, we're back. Um, sorry for the delays. As you could tell, like, you know, I, you know, we... I, I Sam and I just recently moved, so a lot of the changes are going on. So I haven't been able to post. We actually just officially moved out, so hopefully we can get the content going again. Um, as you saw on the Instagram, you know Roman's posting some food, which is awesome to see because it's giving you guys good examples, good ideas on what to like get like a nutrient dense food. Kind of go from there. As you saw, you know, you saw me post. Uh, me rowing the easy car- curl bar, 50-pound easy curl bar, because I don't have any uh, bigger dumbbells than that. And then uh, Sam doing push-ups. So like we said before, reach out to us if you want home workouts. You know, reach out to us if you need assistance. Uh, I had some people reach out to me individually, but, um, you know, Roman and I will keep posting that stuff because, honestly, I think this stuff is going to still keep going for a while. Um I don't want to talk too much about it because I don't want to, you know, be negative. I'm trying to look at the positive. I think uh, the biggest advice is to keep moving, keep exercising, keep trying to. What I told someone earlier, uh, one of the people that like was asking me a question, they said like, "Hey, I don't have anything," and I'm like, "Well, maybe just go to a park, maybe get like something, and maybe get good at like the random stuff that we never think about getting good at, uh, push-ups." True that. Um, That's a good point. Push-ups, pull-ups, sit-ups, mobility, um, things like that. Because if, you know, like, if you don't, like, you you know, every gym has that portion, but we probably don't practice it often. You know, we, we, we go to the gym, we see those people, we see them, but what, what's there to say to, like, not do that stuff? So, I just wanted to take a quick, you know, second to kind of preach that for a second and just keep doing that. Roman, if you do, you want to add in anything before we start this? Or no, that's a really good point. Um, yeah, um, definitely. Like Antoine was saying, like um, some people have reached out to probably both of us, like for recommendations, whatnot. That's great. We love, we love to have it. Like we'd love to like help guide your your lifting journey. Um, something as simple as like an air squat, like you can, yeah. you do that from like the comfort of your kitchen, you know, um, working on like maybe your, your squat depth, maybe you find that you, you can't break like a, a half squat and you want to be able to squat to depth because you want to try out powerlifting or something like that. So starting to work on some of those functions, you might have some like hip tightness. So start to do some, like, maybe you, you think that like yoga could help to like break that up, strengthen some of like the surrounding like tissues of the hip musculature, totally game. Like that's totally yeah. fair. Go, go for it, test it out, try it out for a little bit, maybe two, four weeks. Um, yeah. Like you said, pull-ups, push-ups, there's so much that you can do. Um, John Meadows has posted some like really great at home workouts that you can do as long as you have like um, a friend that can like quarantine with you type deal or um, a partner that's 
pretty much all you need. Um, you have if you ha- if you have a towel or even like bed sheets, you can use bed sheets, and you can have the partner hold against and fight against you or resist against you while you're you're working on rows while you're doing things like. Um, Laura and I have done some like uh, partner exercises. Like Brett Contreras has, has um, posted. He's a glute guy. Um, for those that don't know, he's posted some videos of um, thrust your partner. So like, there's a new hashtag on Instagram. It's like hashtag thrust your partner. So Laura's been like thrusting me. Like it's been great, man. <laughs> like we've been having a grand old time. Um, no, but huh? like, uh, hey now, was, <laughs> hey now, <laughs> what's up, Mark Smelly Bell? Uh, <laughs> There's so many shout outs already. Oh my God. Um, but no, from like a strength, um, a strength and like a conditioning standpoint, like, yeah, hip thrust, really great for strengthening, um, up your glutes. Um, so you can, you can do that. There's just so much that you can do. And honestly, like the sky's the limit there. It, it really does just take like sit, sitting down and like, um, trying to be like creative, um, trying to figure out like what your game plan is from like a fitness or health standpoint. And then, you know, if you need assistance, if you feel comfortable reaching out to us, um, the, this is like what we love to do. We, we don't get paid to do the games podcast yet. <laughs> um, we, we put out this free information because we think that'll help people within our community. Um, and yeah, just something that I think that the two of us both like to like research and yeah, we just want to put out this free information for the people. Yeah. And honestly, I, uh, you know how like my back my left shoulder was feeling wonky and my lower back was feeling wonky honestly it's feeling better and you know like you know maybe maybe to get away from positions like that for a bit like it is a good thing like maybe just readjust and like come back fresh well i mean there's nothing wrong with that either man so like it's so funny that you say that because today's topic folks we're taking a deeper dive into deloading we're bringing science at you. Deload. <laughs> we should have a deload button. Psh, deload. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, we're, we're, we're throwing Jeff Nippert at you. We're bringing uh, science back, kind of like uh, Justin Timberlake and Sexy back. Um, <laughs> but no, I, I mean, it is very plausible that, like you said, like certain positions, like over time, could be creating like a certain, like potentially unwanted or unwarranted stress or strain on, on tissue, um, or bone possibly what we're going to be covering today. Um, so no, I'm actually like really glad to hear that buddy. Um, yeah, like my mid back was also starting to act up a little bit, but I was, I was trying to push through it cause I was, I was hitting some really nice PRs on squats and whatnot. So, um, yeah, an extended deload can never hurt. Um, you can always find creative ways to train. It looks like both of us are doing that. Um, so that being said, we'd like to uh, introduce uh, today's uh, podcast going over Wolf's Law and uh, some some bone remodeling. Uh, so a little, we're throwing a little bit of A and P at you folks. So Wolf's Law, if you haven't heard it before, we're just going to give a brief overview of it, and then we're going to take a, a, a deeper dive into some of the some of the um, the cells or the uh, the living uh, functions of of bone and the the functions that that bone has in our body. But Wolf's Law essentially looks at the demands that are placed upon bone, and it's going to interact or react or adapt based off of those demands. We'll just we'll leave it there um, for now. Antoine, did you want to introduce us uh, some some of the the terms that we wanted to uh, introduce to to our, our podcast listeners? Yes. 
Deload. <laughs> Deload. Um, so pretty much uh, going off what Roman was kind of just summarizing, um, and we did that on purpose, obviously, um, because Wolf's Law is a little bit further in depth. Um, but as you could tell from what Roman was saying, if you're lifting, you're doing something, your bones are also going to adapt physically um, with those things, with with that. Don't know why I said things. Uh, with that, uh, te- you know, that tension when it comes to those activities. Um, so, pretty much, what we're probably most likely going to go over is bone remodeling and modeling, and then kind of like the adaption and kind of the different examples, which, and the functions, uh, which, sometimes some of the things like you don't even realize um, that's happening yeah. in your body. Or what are other people like? Um, I didn't read upon it. I'll 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 get I'll get to this point after what I'm going to be talking about because like I read it to it and I'm like, wait, could this be this or that? But anyways, so on that adapt adaptations when it comes to Wolf's Law, there's these things called bone remodeling and modeling. So pretty much, um, bones formate uh, formulate and they grow. Um, obviously if you do have a degeneration or the older you are, those functions kind of don't happen as much or as often when it comes to remodeling. Um, and pretty much the density of the bone is modulated by a group of cells, including osteoclasts that resorb bone and, and osteoblasts, which refill resorption filled with osteoclasts. Um, so Roman probably will have a diaper uh deeper diaper deeper dive into that um but um honestly i'll do like the more short and sweet version so think audio class you know think catabolize so that's c catabolize osteoblast think like building um you know b for building because it's b and c um so pretty much like osteoclast will use acidic environment to dissolve the mineral content and then osteoblasts will come in and kind of just remodel things and begin to crystallize everything when it comes to cells and the remodeling um actions that are going on when it comes to this law itself when it comes to like lifting um so i don't want to get too much into like wolf's law but um when you think of like the bone mass and everything around it you know, your bones are growing all the time. There's regrowth, there's degrowth, and even like, you know, older generation or older pop, you know, active, they say that activity slash like physical endurances can actually help bring back some of it, not as much. Um, but there's also medications that I read that assist with that. So, um, think like, you know, the older population as well as I believe, I don't know if that's true, but like with women too, sometimes like, you know, there's, what is that? There's like a, it's not a disease or it's like, um, osteoporosis. Yes. So like, kind of like that when it comes to like with women, you know, they're more prone to that. Um, so, you know, physical exercise slash like, you know, medication with doctor's notice can actually assist with that. Um, did you want to kind of get a deeper dive and then go into like the bone functions when it comes to the osteoblast and osteoclast? Yeah, for sure. 
Um, yeah, and that was great. Um, I think that was like exactly what I, I essentially like wanted to cover. So that was really, really good, buddy. Um, thanks for doing that. So um, yeah, osteoclasts, they essentially, they, they cut bone or they start to resorb bone um, and they will then deposit it back into, let's say like the blood, for example, to be transported for um, potentially like muscular function. Um, osteoblasts, think of osteoblasts, B, as Antoine said, they build the muscle or they take um, various, yeah, <laughs> yeah, buddy. <laughs> they take um, various uh, nutrients like that. <laughs> this is the deload episode um various nutrients such as calcium phosphate uh for example in in, uh, in certain configuration and when an osteoblast essentially gets old and is about to retire and start to collect ssi it becomes an osteocyte or, or may become an osteocyte and osteocytes essentially um, function as um, uh, like maintenance workers of the bone. So they help to uh, maintain bone. And then osteocytes in particular have a very interesting function um, that plays very well into Wolf's Law. Um, they can act um, or sense mechanical uh, tension, mechanical loading, uh, more, more um, specifically. Through, uh, through a bone, and they can dictate um, a certain hormonal response from the body. And that's why it's really important to eat a whole, whole foods-based diet. Um, I think the GAINS podcast would probably advocate for a whole foods-based uh, diet as opposed to uh, maybe like a fad diet, like a, a keto or um, like a carnivore or a paleo diet. Not to say that there's anything inherently wrong with those, just that by... Uh, villainizing a certain food group, like um, un unfortunately many food um, food uh, fads end up do perfect. Um, for example, with carbs, it it may be potentially robbing a, a main fuel source for yourself. You might not have like the the particular um, like genotype or like genes essentially so that like that kind of a diet could function well for you. Could it function well for you? Absolutely. Could it be part of like a healthy lifestyle? Absolutely. Is it for everyone? Eh, probably not. Um, so it's important to, um, to, to essentially like do your own research, but like also it, in these times that we live in it, it's such a confusing time because even somebody like such as myself who who spends like much of his free time looking into like many of these matters like like what what makes a healthful like nutritious diet like that spends money on like buying like course books and whatnot so that we can you know, provide like free content for you i i myself like can get like caught up in it sometimes and i have to like take a step back and and look to like trust and you know go back do some research when they have you. So I, I definitely empathize with, um, with our listeners there. Um, but yeah, we would definitely advocate for a, a, a health, a healthful, nutritious, um, diet that, you know, doesn't ignore any of like the main food groups, uh, fruits, veggies, uh, some sort of a protein dairy in particular, um, grains. I think they all have a, a time and a place in the diet, even sweets. I mean, like, man, I'm on a massing phase right now, and like, if I could have a cookie or two, like, to help me get to my cal <laughs> my calorie goals, like, some days, like, man, I might not be able to like hit it, and I might have like a harder time doing it. So, 
Well, I mean, yeah. think about it. I mean, think about it. If you eat ice cream, do calcium, milk, duh. Yeah. If you're yeah. having cookies, you're getting double cookies and some milk. <laughs> Equals osteoblasts and more bone formation. I mean, heck. Yeah, I'm, uh, why are you eating that cookie? Uh, to promote bone health? <laughs> That'd be the best canned response ever. You know, I was, I was talking to Sam today, and, and I was curious because, like, you know, it's there's a lot of stuff that we research, and, you know, like, and I was like, well, I really have like a bad, you know, I've talked to Roman about this, but like, you know, I don't drink that much milk. I drink almond milk. And then I was curious and I just looked it up. So um, I don't know if you want to even talk about this, but some high calcium foods include like almonds, apricots, artichokes, asparagus, you know, berries, broccoli, chickpeas, even for you soy gain fans, tofu has a lot of calcium in it too. So Hey, hey, it looks like I, I think I'm doing a pretty good job. I thought like, you know, because I was like, wait, I don't eat like any milk products. Like I barely eat cheese. Like even though I want to say I eat a lot of cheese, I don't as much. Yeah. But like almonds and everything. Yeah, of course. Yeah, no, there's definitely ways that you can supplement it into your diet. And, and that's like really great because you just brought up like a whole bunch of different like like whole food based things. Like you didn't say like, you know, calcium supplement like or yeah. anything along those lines. Nah, said, like, you... I, I try to get it to the diet. Dude, I'm being like Roman these days. I only take – well, Roman doesn't even take creatine. I only digest like creatine these days because like – just because like I, I don't know where half of my stuff is as yeah. well as like, you know, I'm at the point where like I like Roman was saying like, I mean, I eat pretty much like three to four whole food meals compared to like a normal person that might eat three meals in a day and I usually eat like five or six. So yeah. like if I eat like two or three meals where it's like, maybe like chips or like some cookies. I mean, I, I don't think it's hurting me one bit, but we'll no. see. I mean, I'm no. on, I'm on like what? 3,100 calories now. So it's nice. pretty good to enjoy some 400 grams of carbs. <laughs> but it's, it's a bomb. It's, <laughs> dude, it, it's awesome. Antoine and I folks are both on the gains train now. So watch as we blow up over the next year. <laughs> yeah. I, uh, I'm only, I'm only going to 200 pounds, but I've been weighing at a steady 191. So, That's awesome, buddy. Still doing, I, still putting in work. I almost got to 170 this morning, 169.8. Yeah, you almost yeah. heavier than me, buddy. The boy is thick. <laughs> but um, um. Yeah. So jumping so, back. Uh, yeah, I was gonna say let's. Uh, I, I was gonna say um, I just wanted to put all that information together. I wanted to like reintroduce what Wolf's. So beginning what Roman was saying, um, Wolf's Law, different definition. If a physical stressor is chronically applied to the bone, the bone will physiologically adapt to the counter loads that are being placed. Pretty much the same definition. Um, so Julius Wolf, could you have guessed that was his last name? Or is... <laughs> yeah, Julius Wolf, a German anatomist and surgeon, uh, created that. Um, I don't have a date, but pretty much... Um, and what I was saying earlier, which I didn't want to conclude just yet, but, um, like I was reading, like you, you, you understand why like tennis players have like such a strong forehand yeah. because they've worked those bones and it just k- keeps building. So like, you know, like Serena Williams' forearm bones are probably 10 times stronger than Roman and I's, even though we lift, but like yeah. that force and the load she's putting on it is like 
is building and regaining and reforming her whole like genetic frame. So my question was, I don't know if you read this Roman, but if people know, drop it in the comments, or if you want us to find out, let us know. But does this apply to like genetically more like stronger genetic people? Like, because like, you know, I mean, obviously Serena Williams have like such higher genes than most people and better genes, but like, does the reformation of bones become better as well? Yes. Um, Don't don't hold me to this folks. I would say yes. Um, Just from what we know about like genetic individuals for example like if you were to compare somebody like um LeBron let's say James. brad Rowe, who's an, yeah lebron hey there <laughs> we go actually great example because no he's he's actually he hasn't been injured like very often throughout his yeah. entire nba he's career, been right? pretty much like yeah he's been pretty i mean there's a few couple like you know his soreness but that's about it nothing yeah like a very prolific <laughs> so like almost unprecedented right for how health so we we could say that most likely he has really strong genetics when it comes to um, bone health. I think he spends like several million dollars on his his personal training, his various like various health metrics in regards to like his fitness in particular. So you know obviously most of us can't do that, but I do believe that some of that, what plays into that most likely is genetics. Whereas if we look at somebody that has rickets, for example, or it's um, a, it's a condition where um, it, it can happen at multiple times throughout the life. Um, I think it usually will happen in utero. Um, but essentially it's a, it's a deficiency of the hormone vitamin D. Um, so uh, bones form in a uh, way, which is usually bow, uh, bowed. Um, so, uh, bones typically won't be as strong, um, and it'll like show as like bow-leggedness. Um, it's just like one of like the physical characteristics of um, rickets. That individual is that like, what it's he, called? Yeah. See, I'm pretty sure. Didn't I? Did I ask you that question before? I'm not sure. Maybe. Because I was so intrigued on the bow-legged bones, yeah. or whatever the bowed leg bones or leg bowed bones i I don't know how you would say it but like that so it's called the term is rickets uh yeah so that's that's a particular like a clinical uh condition Mm um i i don't know that if every individual that has um like bow leggedness i i I don't know if that's like attributable (laughs) to um rickets and or a vitamin d deficiency it could be other um it could be other factors it could and it could be other genetic factors um, that I'm, I'm not an MD, folks. Um, I'm, I'm speculating based off like a little bit of like MD. <laughs> the little bit of research that I've read up on on this. Um, but yeah, I would I would say that like the some of the applications are that some individuals will be able to um, will be able to like heal faster um, or will be able to like remodel their bone faster. Um, so that's why we come back to the principle principle of individuality and why it's so important to understand how fatigue affects you. Um, because remember deloading from last episode is, uh, looking at, um, a, a down, a period of downtime 
in your um, your fitness or your your workout, where you're just essentially reducing some of the the workout variables, maybe intensity, maybe volume, maybe frequency, and um, you're doing so in order to create an appreciable reduction in fatigue. So you're essentially like you're on that um, on some of the scales that I outlined a couple of podcasts ago. Um, you know, you might be like on an eight or nine where you feel like you know absolute dog shit, and you program a deload in for a week where you just do less volume and might be a slightly less intensity. And after the the week, you're like, Hey, actually I feel good again. I'm ready to start to train hard again. Um, that, that would be like a perfect outcome for a deload. That's exactly what a deload is uh, to be programmed in for and to be planned for. So Wolf's law is essentially looking at some of like the physiological characteristics of bone and why it's important to take that, that downtime, uh, from training, because in some instances, the that chronic uh, stressor that Antoine had mentioned might be so great that you're essentially you're Ruining putting growth. yeah exactly you're putting more and more and more and more stress on your body, whereas it it doesn't have the time to adapt to to this like this chronic load. It will over time, but but we might be able to propagate those gains better or more efficiently if we have planned periods of downtime. It, you, might, you might be able to, to deload after just three sessions and you might feel great. You might need a full week. You might need multiple weeks in some instances, depending on how much training fatigue you've accrued over a period of time. So that's why it's really important to take an individualistic standpoint at it, uh, standpoint. And then also, that's why I would also recommend for beginners to beginner intermediates um, because like probably like like a, a standard intermediate up to like advanced most likely you you've created some of these habits already um, if not then I would I would seriously start looking at it um, just to essentially improve the likelihood of um, longevity of your like your career in like just, just like working out um, but I would create a, a, par- a deload paradigm two to one, three to one, four to one, five to one, whatever it is, whatever makes most sense for you, take a guess, take a stab. Um, but what that will do, that will aid in the information or the data that you're able to accrue. And it'll let you know, like, ah, I pushed it out a little bit too far. I should throw in a deload maybe one week sooner. So you were doing a five to one paradigm. Now you're doing a four to one paradigm where you're, you're building your, your volume, your intensity, then you deload, you allow some of that bone remodeling to happen and you get right back after it. Yeah, so that's exactly, and then to put it all together after that deload statement, that's exactly why, you know, Roman and I thought it was a good idea to go over Wolf's Law and kind of the functions and the more science of, like, the background of your bones. Because, you know, one, we're trying to keep you healthy, and two, like, that education behind why the principle is there in the first place of deloading. Um, so that's this is all awesome. And also, just to get, just so you guys know, if you made it this far, re- make sure you rewind. And every time Roman talks, give it like a minute or so. He flexes at least his right pack. <laughs> I didn't at see least, that. I don't know why that's it, happening. At least. Like, it, I don't know if it's because... It's the like, internal rotation of the shoulder, I think. Whenever yeah, I do like, this. It just, just you know, rewind it back. I mean, you can't really tell with me because I'm wearing a dark shirt, but you could tell with him because he's wearing like a light blue shirt today. But like, it just, it just keeps happening, and I can't stop looking. The pet games, baby. Oh my god. 
Uh, anything you wanted to add to this, Roman? I think I think uh, we hit the dot. That's pretty good. There's some functions of bones that I wanted to cover. Um, but if you're curious about like some of the functions of bone, um, the one thing that I wanted to like um, instill on the podcast was um, bones aren't just like these things that just kind of like sit like <laughs> nascent in our body. Um, they're they're very very like um, reactive and adaptive tissues. So they they reply to um, or respond um, and adapt to different like stressors on the bone, like mechanical stress, for example. They um, are able to heal like remarkably quick, remarkably quick. People that have complete fractures, um, in some instances, have them healed in like two to three weeks. I think the average time is like four to six or six to eight or something along those lines. But just like un unbelievable. Um, mechanical work is done on, on like the, the, the uh, like the micro scale, which is just like, it's unfathomable. It, it is like our, our body is like, is just like such a miracle to me. And like, the more I learn about it, the more I'm just like, yeah. dude, I'm so fascinated. I'm like, how is all this happening? And how is all this being like coordinated? It's like so unbelievable. Um, so yeah, no, it's, it's, what I wanted to convey is that like, man, bone is like really crazy. It's really cool. It does a lot for us. It's important to respect, um, respect our bones, respect our bodies. Um, so yeah, I want to take a little bit of a deeper dive on deloading and, and give you that, that context of, of Wolf's Law. And, and hopefully that, that helps you folks, uh, plan out your, your deloads or at least give you a, a reason to deload bone health, baby. Bone health, baby. Hashtag bone health. <laughs> All right, guys. Well, Thank you as always. Our social medias will be in the you know in the information below. Spotify, YouTube, you know Stitcher, Buzzsprout, all that good stuff. Like us, comment, subscribe, message us, DM us, comment whatever questions you may have. Don't hesitate, and we'll see you on that next one. Peace. Bye, folks. Man.